welcome to the IonHoops.com podcast with your host, Guy Flotico. Episode 31 of the IonHoops.com podcast is in your ears right now, and I'm going to break out into song yet again. Sweet home Alabama, where the skies are so blue. Sweet home Alabama, Lord, I'm coming home to you. Jeez, what the hell is wrong with me? I'll tell you what's wrong. I got March Madness, baby. The Iona Gales are dancing yet again, and we're seated 15th in Drew, number two seed Alabama in the first round. The game is Saturday, 4 p.m. at Historic Hinkle Fieldhouse. Yes, from Hoosiers fame. <clears throat> Maybe we ought to run the picket fence at him as long as we don't get caught watching the paint dry. Anyway, I'll provide a preview of this matchup between the Gales and Crimson Tide, and I'll have a little help. Blake Lovell covers uh, the SEC for various outlets and is an assistant editor for what we all affectionately referred to as the Bible Blue Ribbon. And he's going to be joining me in this episode to give us a look at Alabama, fresh off their SEC championship yesterday. We're also going to hear from Rick Pitino, Asante Gist, Isaiah Ross, and Dylan Van Eyck in this episode as the Gales get ready to dance. So let's get to it. Let's take a look at the Alabama Crimson Tide. SEC regular season and tournament champions, top 10 ranking, number eight in Ken Palm. Let's face it, the best thing about this matchup is that we're not playing Alabama in football. Uh, before we look at some of Alabama's individual players, let's look at a couple interesting Ken Palm numbers, since I'm such a fan of Ken Palm, as you guys know. Uh, Bama's ninth in tempo, uh, nationally in tempo, so they're going to run and run and run. Now, speed itself is not that not the super concern. I mean, statistically, in terms of national tempo rank, get this, Monmouth is sixth, and their speed appeared to suit us just fine. But Monmouth's offensive efficiency rating is 237th, their defense efficiency rating is 229th. Oh, you want to know Bama's, huh? Well, they're 34th on offense. You know, for comparative purposes, Seton Hall was 50th, and they dropped 86 on us, albeit we are much better defensively than we were then. Oh, you're asking about defense, too? That's a shame because, well, they're second as a number two, as a one spot away from leading the country in defensive efficiency. The scary part, despite the tempo, they are number two in defensive efficiency, so they run and they defend. Number two. Again, Seton Hall is our best comparator, and they're number 62. Just in terms of full numbers, Alabama scores just under 80 points per game, and they give up just under 70 points per game. And of course, that was against SEC competition for the most part. Now, some individual guys to watch, and I've got forward note. Um, we have to start with 6'8", senior forward Herbert Jones. Uh, he's the foreman for the Tide. He's the SEC Player of the Year. He's the do-it-all guy. 11.2 points per game, 6.5 rebounds per game. About three, 3.5 assists per game, nearly two steals per game, and blocks a shot a game. And he also sells popcorn when he's not doing all of that. Um, he's also their best on-ball defender, although Isaiah Ross. Um, on, the, on the offensive end, I imagine Van Eyck will be assigned to him. Um, some other individual guys. Their leading scorer is actually 6'3 sophomore guard uh, Jaden Jackelford. He's averaging 14.2 points per game. He's followed by 6'1 sophomore guard Javon Quinterly, the former Villanova Wildcat. 
at 12.7 points per game. Quinterly is the most dangerous deep threat for the Tide, hitting on 44% from three. Uh, so these two will be interesting to, against uh, Ross and Gist on the on that end of the floor. 6'5 uh, um, senior guard John Petty plays the three, and he's another 12-point-per-game scorer, as if they didn't have enough. Um, he hits 37% of his threes and also grabs five boards per game. Um, so the center position is done a little bit more by committee, but the primary five is 6'10 Jordan Bruner, grad transfer from Yale. Bruner averages 6-4. and four. Uh, so unlike the typical top 10 team that we draw in the NCAAs, they don't have that unstoppable force inside. That's just not who they are. Though they have everything else for sure. Looking a little deeper into the Ken Palm numbers, on the offensive end, their entire offense is based on the three-point shot pretty much. They're 13th in the country percentage of points from three, as 40% of the scoring is based on threes. Um, 47% of all their shot attempts are from three. So it's almost half. Uh, so they push the ball up the court at a ridiculous tempo and quickly move the ball around the arc for a three. Iona's defense will have to have a day for sure. Um, and like I said earlier, on defense, they rate even higher. They hold you to poor shooting. They get steals. They get blocks. Looking for a glimmer of hope? They're not great on the defensive glass. So it's highly possible to put back maybe Iona's best offensive weapon on Saturday. Here's Coach Bettina talking about what Alabama does and how Iona's preparing. You know, I, ha I actually uh, watched them play about five or six times this year on television. Uh, the reason I, I, I think they were playing Kentucky, and I, I watch a lot of Kentucky games, and <clears throat> watched them play, and they had a unique style of play, so I, I tuned into them about three or four more times. And they are a, a unique team. About 40% of their shots are driving to the basket for layups, 40% of threes. 18% of the time they're getting fouled and about 2% of the time they're taking mid-range shots approximately. So uh, they're a high percentage, high powered offensive basketball team that's very gifted athletically. They're very well coached and um, it's a tough game, but you expect a tough game when you're a two seed. I've been on the flip side. I've been mostly one and two seeds. I think I was a five seed of Providence when we went to the final four. So it's a little role reversal, but Still, you have to play the game. We know uh, Alabama's a great basketball team, and we've got to execute um, at a very high level to have a chance to stay in that game and beat them. My guys have seen Alabama. They have unbelievable respect, and they think it's going to be a fun game because it'll be an up-and-down game, mm -hmm. and um, they, they think that's fun. Uh, they're just, their definition of fun maybe not the same as mine. It's very difficult to try and slow down a running team if you're a running team as well. So what you have to do is make sure you key in on what they do well in the running game. So we don't have the ability to slow down in Alabama. We don't have that ability. Um, and we're not, that's not going to be our style. And here's Asante Gis talking about how his past NCAA experience from two years ago against UNC can help the team against Alabama. You know, I'll just try to tell them, you know, that team was very special, but we was very good on offense. You know, I think this team is, you know, has turned a new leaf and we have, you know, really locked in on the defensive end, you know. So that, I think that's the biggest thing for us. You know, I try to just tell them, you know, at the end of the day, we have nothing to lose. You know, we got to go out there, play loose, play our game, how we've been playing, how we got here. You know, a lot of times teams get here and they try to change up what they have been doing or, you know, people try to do things that they haven't been doing and people get, you know, tight playing, but, I just want everybody to be confident. You know, we're a confident group. Be confident in ourselves. 
And we have nothing to lose, so go out there and play how we've been playing and really concentrate like we've been on a defensive end because if we do that, I think we could beat anybody, you know. It's going to be a tough task, you know. And Coach always tells us nothing's going to be given to you. You got to go take everything. So, you know, that's just the message I try to give to him. You know, it's going, it's going to be fun. You know, enjoy the moment because not a lot of people are able to, you know, experience this. But let's go out there this whole entire week and focus in on every single detail, you know, and, and really, really, really focus in on the defensive end because that's what win championships. And let's just go out there and do what we do. And here's what Isaiah Ross had to say about being the focal point of Alabama's defense on Saturday. Really just try to move without the ball. You know, we have a lot of pieces that can score. You know, Asante is doing a terrific job this weekend. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be a focal point as well. So that helps. It's, it's not just teams focusing on me. They focus on on him. They focus in on Dylan because he's scoring the ball better than he has. You know, they, they have to focus in on a lot of other pieces as well. And here's Dylan Van Eyck talking about the commitment on the defensive end being the key for the Gales. When we played uh, Monmouth, who was at that point the number one in the league, and you know, we had two two very good games, especially the second game. Uh, I think we all realized um, how good we can be, how good we were and are. Um, and also we realized like when we played defense, the way we played uh, those two games, uh, how successful we can be. Like we know uh, that we have talent on this team that, you know, we have a lot of guys who can who can score the ball, but um, you know when we when we play together as a team on the defensive end, uh, that really proved that we can be uh, as good as we were in the last couple of weeks. Okay, time for a little help from our guest to preview Alabama. Now, well, let's welcome Blake Lovell to the program. Blake covers the SEC for various outlets and is an assistant editor for what we know as the Bible, Blue Ribbon. Uh, Blake, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's uh, our favorite time of year, and uh, yes, we have a have an interesting matchup to talk about. <laughs> Definitely, without question. Um, so before we get the inside scoop on Alabama from you, let me flip this. Outside of our coach, what do you know about Iona basketball? Well, I mean, Iona, I think a lot of people, and this is something that that I've tried to point out to you know Alabama fans specifically, since that's the matchup, is that you know if you've watched college basketball over the years, you know kind of the Iona program. There, there's no way you haven't known them because, um, as we know, I mean, Tim Clewis, what he was able to do there, and you know, played a certainly a, a different style that I think that you know Alabama fans are probably used to now with, with Nate Oates. Obviously, not the exact same, but uh, you know, a team that. They wanted to to get up and down the floor, and now I know with Rick Pitino, it's sort of uh, in that I guess uh, holding pattern until uh, maybe he can play that that similar type of style as well. But I mean, it's it's interesting because we know with Iona, you know, there were a lot of teams we saw in college basketball that just had to basically go on pause for a long time, but uh, none of them could rival what Iona had to do, and I think that was sort of the main talk uh, for the Gales, just for a lot of people nationally. It's just how do you respond to something like that? And as we've seen, uh, they responded pretty well by getting to the NCAA tournament. So before we get into actual basketball, I mean, um, did Alabama have any issues with COVID at all? Well, that's the thing is Alabama was one of only, I want to say four or five teams in the SEC that played their entire conference slate. Um, wow. They didn't, as far as I know, I don't think Alabama had to actually have more than I want to say, actually, I don't even like, I think it was built in their schedule from December the 2nd to December the 12th. They played Providence on the 2nd. They played Clemson on the 12th. But I think that was just one of those that was built in their schedule. I don't think Alabama actually had to pause one time 
And really, aside from having some games uh, postponed against Texas A&M, which was the big one in the SEC that that basically didn't play for a month, uh, South Carolina didn't play for a month early in, in non-conference play, but Alabama really, their schedule set up so well for them to where they didn't have to take one of those long, maybe week, week and a half type pauses uh, throughout the year. So, so they did get uh, pretty lucky with that. Mm. You know, I'm sure some of my listeners have seen Alabama play this year. I know I have a couple of times at least um, and know what we're in for. <laughs> uh, but I'd, I'd like to take uh, I'd like you to take a couple of minutes and kind of give us sort of an Alabama 101 if you can. Well, I mean, Alabama under Nate Oates, who, of course, was at Buffalo. Um, you know, he played a style there at Buffalo that was just up and down, up and down. They get up and down the court so quick. And and they just play a style of offense that's really, if you love offense, you know, it's a very entertaining style of basketball. And I think that it made him successful at Buffalo. Of course, they won the game against Arizona in the tournament uh, several years ago. And now he's just completely transformed Alabama. I mean, we have to keep in mind, this is only his, his second season on the job. And he took over a team that had some talent, but he has just brought in so much talent to go along with it. Um, the Tide, I think they're third now in average offensive possession league. The 14.1 seconds uh, per possession is the average that's third in the country. They're top 10 in tempo. Uh, there's just so many different things that they do that it built around just fast basketball. And the thing is, though, you know, for Alabama, their defense is really what has gotten them to this point. Everyone loves the offense. Everybody loves the style that they play, but they are now second in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. When you look at Ken Palm, uh, they were first for a while there, uh, but their defense has completely flipped because that was the problem. Uh, last year, Alabama could outscore teams, but they couldn't stop anyone. This year, they're able to do it on both sides, and everything really starts with Herbert Jones, who was the SEC Player of the Year. Um, he's one of those guys that you label as a glue guy, but he started as a glue guy. Now he's still a glue guy, but he's just like, he's one of the best players too as well in the country. He is so versatile in what he could do on the defensive side. He can he can make steals. He can block shots. He'll guard the best player on the floor. Um, but then on offense, he's gotten so much better too. Just a, a long, athletic guy that is going to be able to cause some problems, specifically you know in a matchup like this. But elsewhere, Nate Oates has built a roster with so many talented guards. Jaden Shackelford, a sophomore, um, he has just emerged. It's probably one of the best sophomores in the SEC, one of the best guards in the SEC, period. Uh, Javon Quinterly, who was a five-star at Villanova, um, he, you know, we know it didn't work out well for him at Villanova, but he is basically playing a, like a five-star at Alabama. He won the SEC tournament MVP. Um, and then you just go up and down the list. John Petty is senior, one of the best shooters in the country. I mean, there's just so many options. This team has has depth. Um, again, they can shoot the three, and and they are just really hard to defend, and they are really hard to score against, and that's kind of the combination that, that's gotten Alabama to this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you talked about some of the Ken Palm numbers, and I did run through them earlier in the podcast, uh, much to the horror of the Iona fan base, I'm sure, <laughs> um, when that really showcases like all of these things that you said what the Tide's all about. You know, I haven't seen all experts picks yet, but I'm going to imagine some have Alabama reaching the final four. Um, can you give me a couple of reasons, you know, why they'll get there? Like, it's almost like a done deal. Why would they get there? Yeah, I think, you know, the bracket does set up nicely. And I did kind of, and you pointed out on Twitter when I, I said it, but I did say, you know, if they can get past Iona, because I think that first game is just always, always difficult. I, I don't care who you are, but, um, you know, I do think the bracket kind of sets up nicely for them in terms of a UConn-Maryland matchup. Um, and then you look at that other part, I think there could be some chaos potentially 
in that that part there where you've got uh, it's I think it's Texas Abilene Christian, then you've got BYU and Michigan State or UCLA. I think you could see kind of a chaotic um, you know sequence there to where maybe it's not Texas that comes out of that. So I think the path is something too. But if you just look at how they play. Again, I, I think Alabama has so many different guys that have stepped up for them this season. And, you know, we can talk about Herbert Jones, who's the SEC Player of the Year, uh, one of the best defenders in the country. But it's not just him. You know, I mentioned the guys like Shackelford and Quinterly um, and Petty and the, all those guys that are going to play minutes. But then you've got guys, you know, like a Juwan Gary, a Keon Ellis, like Jordan Bruner, who's the grad trend. Like, they just – they have so – they can go nine deep, and you feel like there's not really much of a drop-off at all. For this team now one thing i would say and we'll probably discuss this in a second they are dealing with an injury but overall like they've got the depth they played the defense and i think it's just something to where if they if they shoot the ball well to go along with everything else i just think they're going to be really hard for anyone to stop mm-hmm. okay so let's flip that give me a couple of reasons why they won't make the final four or any well, kind of run and that's the thing is because if you just look at the the numbers, you know, they get 40.2% of their points mm-hmm. from the three-point line. And that's top 15 in the country in terms of relying on the three that much. And we know how it works, you know, when it comes to, okay, everybody says it, you know, live by the three, die by the three, that kind of thing. Well, if they're not shooting it well, you could certainly see a game kind of flip a little bit in terms of what they could do. Now, that's where I think that this year – you know, last year they, they relied on the three, too. But this year, the difference has been even when the three hasn't fallen, their defense has still willed them to be able to find ways to win. Even if they're close games, their defense has been so good that they've still been able to win some of these games. But that is one thing I would point out, because I know with Iona, if you just look at the numbers, you know, Iona does a pretty good job defending the three. And I think that's something to where a game like this, especially in the first one, but then as you advance along in the tournament, if Alabama were to win this game, um, that's something I would look at because we always talk about that with teams like that that really get a large percentage of their points from the three-point line. Um, so that's that's something, that, number one. Number two, I would say, you know, Josh Primo is uh, just a stud freshman. I mean, he's a talented five-star freshman um, who has played some pretty significant roles for Alabama this season. I think he's actually fifth now for them in scoring 8.1 points per game. Um, you know, he averages th- three or four rebounds a game, plays about 20, 25 minutes or so. Uh, he was dealing with a knee injury, he injured his knee uh, in the SEC tournament. I know as of now, he's still listed as day-to-day uh, knee sprain. I want to say he was still on crutches as of the, the SEC championship game on Sunday. So that is something to keep in mind. I mean, that, you know, he's he's a significant part of what they do. Again, someone who plays 20-plus minutes a game. Uh, so maybe if for some reason that injury keeps him out, that is something to keep an eye on. Uh, they're still loaded with depth. They still got a lot of guys that will step up in his spot, and we saw that um, in the championship game. But um, that is another thing that maybe if for some reason that injury uh, becomes a bit nagging, he can't play the minutes they need him to play, uh, that could be something else that comes into play there. Mm, okay. Um, one, one thing that you, you mentioned about the uh, winning the conference tournament, Let me. I'm, I'm, this is something I have no data on. I'm just making an observation. You can tell me if you kind of agree with it or not. Um, I've noticed over the years uh, that teams that win, especially in the major conferences, they win the conference tournament and then they flame out in the NCAAs. Mm -hmm. And it's usually teams that kind of stumble in their conference tournament that kind of like make make a little bit of a run. Now, that's not always the case, obviously. Um, It's a hope that I have, of course, going into (laughs) this. And like you said, it may be, you know, a lot of times you see that team have that off game that just gives you that opportunity. But Alabama is one of those teams that I can see you know, maybe not on their game against an Iona and they, you know, they find a way to win, 
and then all of a sudden start blowing people out. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens and how focused they are right from the get go, or if they're still kind of basking in the glow of, of what they just accomplished this past weekend. Um, uh, any, any other reasons for Iona fans to have hope in this one? Um, I mean, I'm going to, I'll set this up for you. The guy on the bench for Iona. <laughs> yes. <laughs> would you say that would be a reason I would say, um, uh, you know, I, I, I was on a press conference with him last night. Um, I, I know that some of the stuff you talked about, he's certainly aware of. He knows exactly what they do. He's even said he watched Alabama six, seven times before he even knew they were playing them. So he's familiar with them. Uh, if anybody's going to concoct something <laughs> to try to throw them off their game, it'll be him. I just don't know if they'll have the personnel. But is there anything else we can look for? Any kind of thing that maybe, maybe if one guy is not, you know, not quite on their game, Alabama that might open the door uh, for Iona. Is there is there somebody that we can look for that you think is real? I mean, I you you seem to uh, suggest um, that uh, obviously uh, Jones is the one who makes the engine go. Yep. Um, how many how many off games has he had this year? <laughs> Let me put well, it. And, that, that. and that's the thing with, with with Herbert Jones is because of the way he plays defense. Depending on how the game is called. Like he could get in foul trouble, and that that I think is an important part of the game because um, there was a stretch there where I want to say three of four games. Uh, it was probably I don't know, probably about a month ago, maybe now. He fouled out in three of four games, um, and I think he actually had four fouls in the two games before that. So really, in a stretch of five or six. Now, one thing I will point out during that stretch, and he probably still is playing like this because this guy is just sort of like he's that warrior guy. He's that guy that literally anyone in the country would love to have on their team. Uh, but he has been playing through an injury. And I mean, that's something that could certainly, you know, if that aggravates itself, maybe that comes into play. But but the foul thing is something to keep in mind because he's a very aggressive type player. Um, the way he plays defense and knowing that he's going to guard the best player on the other side of the floor, which he's done throughout any game that Alabama's played this season. Um, that is something that it could also come into play here. If you get Herbert Jones in foul trouble, Alabama's a little bit different defensively because he is the one that makes them go on defense. Now, offensively, he's become a much improved offensive player, but I'd say that still, you know, guys like Jaden Shackelford, John Petty are the ones that make them go on offense. But, you know, on defense, it's it's Herbert Jones. And like everybody else, they've got good defenders because they're so athletic, but they're still a step behind what he could do on the defensive side because he can block shots, he can rebound, he can defend, he can make steals. Like he does everything. And so that is something for Iona, I would say, you know, that needs to be one of the things you try to do, which is sort of like, I guess, the, the double-edged sword. You want to try to attack Herbert Jones, but at the same time, like, that could be an issue because he could probably, you know, block shots and, and make it very hard on you to score. Uh, but if they were to get him in foul trouble, maybe get a couple touchy reach fouls or something like that, um, that would completely sort of change the dynamic of the game. Mm. Well, just by what you're saying, I'm going to assume he's going to be guarding um, Iona's Isaiah Ross, uh, who's a, yeah. a shooting guard who averages about 18 a game. Um, and yeah, actually, I, that's one of the other things I asked him. I, I mean, I, he was a focal point for all, all the teams we saw in the MAC tournament. And he didn't have a great tournament. He still made the all tournament team, but he didn't have a great tournament. And I said, now you're you're going to be the focal point again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, what do you how do you, how do you manage that now with, you know, Alabama level defenders coming out instead of MAC guys and you know, he said, if it comes to that point, then he's going to have to rely on his teammates. And I think that's kind of a dangerous approach, but uh, <laughs> um, we'll see. Um, it'll be interesting. Um, opening line. I saw a 17 too high, too low, or just right. Um, 
man, that's that I want to say that's just right because the thing with Alabama is, you know, if they get going, I mean, as we've seen, like they can they can run anybody out. I mean, when they won their first uh, SEC tournament game by 37 against a Mississippi State team that played them to eight or less during the season. Um, but I, I think that that's probably about right because I'm with you in that, you know, with Rick Patino, I think that's one of those things where it's almost probably a good thing for Alabama a little bit, knowing that that's the matchup. And I don't mean this with any disrespect towards Iona, but it's like, I think now knowing that you, Nate Oates is going to be able to use that and say, hey, like we're playing, like Rick Patino's on the other sideline, like mm-hmm. you said, like he's going to have his guys ready 100%. Um, you know, they, we know that they're going to bring their best. And so I think Alabama could probably use that a little bit, um, just knowing that Rick Patino is on the other sideline. And, and again, I mean, you, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where like, people don't just say this, like Rick Patino is legitimately still one of the best coaches in the entire country. I don't care where he's coaching at. Um, you put him anywhere. Like this guy just has been around so long, knows the game as well as anyone. Um, and so I think that's that's something that, that really could make this an interesting first-round matchup. It's just a matter of, I think, for Iona, you just have to try to, like I said, maybe potentially go at Herbert Jones, get him in foul trouble. you got to defend the three, which they've done a pretty good job of doing this season. If they can do that, I mean, this this can be a game. And I think for Alabama, like you said, you also pointed something out. They really got rolling in the SEC tournament. But before that, Alabama had really struggled on the road, playing away from home. They had not had a lot of success doing that. They had won some close games against some bad teams, and they had lost some games you know, that they probably shouldn't have lost on the road. So that's something else that maybe that, that storyline comes back into play. Uh, but it is. It's, um, it's an intriguing first-round matchup, and, and for some reason I just knew this one was coming, and I think Alabama fans did too. They're like, we finally get back to a top seed in the tournament, and who do we get to go up against? None other than Rick Patino, the guy who made our lives completely just miserable uh when he was at kentucky so <laughs> blake i know you're extremely busy so i appreciate you taking the time to join us in previewing this game uh enjoy the ncaa's of course we're all just thrilled we have games this season <laughs> uh and it's amazing we're having a tournament um so i i appreciate your time and uh looking forward to the rest of your coverage the rest of the way yeah i appreciate it thanks for having me on all right man thanks a lot thanks That's going to do it for this episode of the Hoops.com podcast. It's dancing time, everybody. Let's hope for the best, and let's hope for a dream come true, a victory. Good luck, Gales. See you on the other side. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Hoops.com podcast. This podcast is a production of Hoops.com and its publisher, Guy Filatico. The opinions shared during this podcast are those of Guy Filatico, Ionahoops.com, and any featured guests. This podcast is not affiliated with Iona College Athletics or the college itself. Thank you for supporting Ionahoops.com.